Welcome to Bible and Stuff, a podcast about the Bible and stuff. I'm Glenn. And I'm Tanner. And today we are continuing our series, uh, which we have so fondly labeled Uniquely Wired, Who God Made You to Be. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. So last last week, um, we kind of just generally talked about not we talked about our general identity we did uh basically we generally and talked about general we generally identity. talked about it and so we'll do recap there uh and then this week we'll talk a little bit more about our specific identity yeah uh, so okay big picture of what we got last week we talked about foundational identity um is either uh or general identity however we want to talk to talk about it is either you're a child of god or you're a child of wrath uh, another way the bible puts that is you're either in Christ or in Adam. Obviously, Christians, we fall into that first category, child of God, in Christ, um, but we used to be in that other category, um, and that's a huge shift. It's it's general in the sense that um, that applies to every Christian, but that doesn't mean it's boring or not important. Right. To like, It's huge. That's a huge thing. Uh, one of the other big things we talked about was the fact that because we're not self-created, we're not self-defined, right? So yeah. uh, that's a big thing in culture right now is kind of defining your own identity and saying who you are based on either your deepest desires, which we talked about are kind of hard to figure out and, <laughs> and nail down, <laughs> or you know who other people say you are or where you grew up or how you grew up or all these different things that we take and we try to s- form some, some picture that we want to present to the world. But what we said is because God created us, he actually gets to say what we are. Uh, and so that applies in the general sense of he either gets to say we're a child of God or a child of wrath, but it also applies in the specific sense and that he has built you for a particular thing. Uh, and yeah. so therefore the way we most glorify God and the way we uh, most press in to the Lord is to obey him in a specific way. Now that leads us into the fact that we are all created uniquely. We're all individual. There's a lot of overlap, right? There's a lot of communal. There's a lot of big picture truths in the Bible. But one of the things we're trying to focus on here is that there's also some very specific things about you that if you ignore would be unhelpful, right? We, We don't just copy and paste some other Christian that we admire's life onto ours. It doesn't work that way. It's it's the classic, like putting a square peg in a round hole. Uh, so we don't want to do that. And then lastly, we just kind of said, listen, at, at the end of the day, for general identity, we have something that no one can take away from us. That's arguably the most important thing, which is that we are in Christ. And Christ is actually the one doing all this work in us. Like the Ephesians passage we, we looked at talked about how he has laid out good work so that we may walk in them. Like this is, yeah. he's a whole part of this process. The problem is sometimes he's a little slower <laughs> uh, than we would like it to go. But uh, yeah. ultimately we're not on our own in this whole, like I got to figure myself out and create myself. God is actually yeah. the one who has done that and is continuing to do that as we move on. So we covered a lot of ground, but I think laid a good foundation for yeah. where we're going. Well, man, I'm excited about kind of seeing the contrast between what we talked about last week and this week, because I do feel like there is a sway for people one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, 
and there's not a lot of people who kind of have a balance of the two. Um, but I'm also really excited about this series because we're being sponsored uh, on this series by Dwell we Bible, are. Uh, the Dwell Bible app, and it's super cool. We're going to talk more about it later. Uh, had some really cool experiences with my kid this week. Uh, kid? Did I say kid? kid? I meant kids. Kids? I was uh, like, just this the, week, just the but... one you like the most? Or how did I go? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that later, but let's, let's kind of jump into this idea of our own personal identity our own specific identity specific, is the word yeah. i'm looking for yeah, yeah. okay so i want to kind of start with the scripture generally uh or generally the same way we looked at a, that ephesians passage last week and i'm going to go to one you're probably familiar with which is psalm 139 13 through 16 it says you for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb i praise you for i'm fearfully and wonderfully made Wonderful all your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So the psalmist here is painting this really beautiful picture of God being extremely involved <laughs> in yeah. every detail of who we are uh he it's not an accident it didn't spontaneously happen and you just by chance came out the way you are god has built you for a specific purpose uh, he has uniquely wired you and as we're going to talk about later in the episode he's also uniquely placed you right it's not yeah. just that you're made a particular way uh, but you're also put in a particular place in a particular time and all those things come together to to be who you specifically are and and what your purpose is for this life you know i was thinking the other day we we went on vacation recently and there was a this carousel uh where we were and in front of the carousel they had these four um figures for lack of a better word. And the first figure were these two large blocks of wood, just kind of one sitting on top of the other. And then as you move to the next one, you notice that there's this hand um, with a carving tool. Mm. And the it's those same two shapes, but they're starting to be chiseled down a little bit and worked on. And then in the third, you start to see that there's really a lot of shape uh, being placed into this. And then the last one, you find it's one of the horses that has been like handcrafted, handcarved for the carousel. Mm. And they had these descriptions and stuff. And we're talking about how all of the carousel animals were formed from these same block, blocks of wood, mm. but they were all handcarved and uniquely made. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which, when we started talking about this, I, I my head just keeps going back to that and that mm -hmm. idea that like, we're all made from the same stuff, yeah. but God has made each of us in the same way that those blocks were formed, handmade, uniquely made. Uh, yeah. And I just thought that was that was kind of a cool tie into what we were talking about today. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, you're unique, just like everyone else. <laughs> like, <kinda jokes. laughs> like, yeah, ab absolutely. And I think that's important to remember. So one thing I don't want this to devolve into is this like hyper fixation on self and the uh, in me or the answer to all things and that, that's just not true 
Um, yeah. And in fact, what we're going to talk about as we go throughout this series is how important it actually is to to walk through this in a, a community of other people. And then also, it's a, obviously extremely important that this whole process is a means to get more of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. The, the whole point is not to... Uh, the, like, it's a means to an end, but it is not an end in and of, in and of itself. The whole, like, at knowing more about who I am, and so that's not the goal at the end. That's a process by which we know Jesus more deeply and uh, follow him more closely. Um, yeah, so yeah, I love that illustration you, you talked about. Um, and I think it's important for us to to remember at the very basic level, your personality, your uh, physicality, like all these ways in which God has made you are on purpose. And yeah. I think sometimes that's uh, difficult for us because some some people have handicaps. Some people have things that we don't actually like or we feel like maybe couldn't be on purpose because they're not the most effective or efficient or even just pleasant uh, ways of being. I mean, I, know, yeah. I I don't have any physical handicaps, but I know there's things about <laughs> personality that I get frustrated with of like, Oh, why am I the way that I am? (laughs) Um, And it's important to remember, it's not say that, that every single thing about us is good. Cause remember we talked about this last week, we've been marred by sin, but it is to say that this is, this is all part of the plan. Like this is not, this is not an accident. It's not on surprise. God is using this for something specific and something that's ultimately for our good. Yeah. Like when I lost my luscious locks, that was, yeah. God knew you would be a you would be a good bald man. It you just took me a bald. while to accept it. I would be a bad bald man, which is why, at least for now, he's letting this hang on by a thread, uh, so so that I have something to stand by. Also, then I think if I'm also bald, people will realize how far superior you are to me, Glenn. Like the hair is really what sets me apart. That's what's keeping you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that really keeps us on an even, even playing field. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, one way I think it's helpful to talk about this, um, we have an interview coming up about this book, actually, but we don't dive into this uh, topic a lot. Uh, the book's ca- called You on Purpose. Um, it's by uh, Shackelford and Denzel, and they are in association with Barna. They have a lot of research in the book. It's really good. Uh, but there's one specific piece I wanted to kind of pull out in there, and it's essentially how you start to discover who you are. What are the unique ways God has wired you? Uh, and they give you three P's, very good Baptist alliteration here uh, that I want to talk about. So it's passions, propensities, and pain. A- and before we go down to any of those rabbit trails too far, I do want to say these all serve as a jumping off point, right? That these alone don't define us. We talked last week specifically about how your desires are not the definition of, of who you are. So just like we said before, these aren't uh, an end in and of themselves. They're a means to an end. So they're just kind of hints at which direction maybe you should start in. So passions, for example, seems pretty self-explanatory, but it'd be like, what do you love to do? Yeah, I mean... I I guess if I were I really enjoy movies, yeah, um, and video and kind of everything in that realm. Uh, so that's something I get passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy like 
I, I really enjoy going to a movie theater and sitting down and seeing the way that somebody has decided to put this story uh, mm. onto the screen. Yeah, creativity, story. Yeah, yeah, and I think that might be helpful for people too as they as they like list some passions out. It's like, okay, where do those overlap? Like, what what does that have in common with this other thing, even if they seem very different? Uh, like, so for some people, right, they may be into movies and woodworking, but those are both, like, a craft, and there's some, like, overlap in how you approach a craft, and, okay, maybe yeah. there's specific parts of that that I feel like I'm good at or better at than others, uh, or rather more passionate about, because being good at something would be the next one, which is propensities, and that's essentially like, what are the things that you kind of excel at? What are the things that you do better at than others? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think video could land in that realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a passion for it. I do feel like I'm good at it, but I'm still in that learning process trying mm-hmm. to, to get better with things. Yeah. Um, so I think that would fit in there. Uh, yeah, you have a good eye. Yeah. And I think that's an important point, too, is to remember that, like, listen, we're starting down a path. We're not necessarily at the end. It's not like you're going to discover, like, oh, I'm a master violinist. Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't know it yet. It may be like, listen, I'm really passionate about the violin. I'm not terrible at it. I definitely could get a lot better. And just kind of looking further down the road and saying, like, I mean, is that something I would be be interested in pursuing? Is that do I do I feel like? God has given me some of the tools that that get me started here. Um, And then the last one would be pain. So this is a little bit different than the other two, and it's in that it asks what pain you have experienced. Maybe we don't have to go into depth (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for this one on you, but I think it brings up two important points. One is that sometimes God calls you to something that you don't actually like really, really want to do, or that maybe you're not even like particularly good at. But it becomes your responsibility or you are it becomes clear that this is what God has for you for at least this period of time. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a, a number of examples of that in the Bible. Um, Moses didn't really want to to go uh, talk to Pharaoh, but his story had in a lot of that filled with pain had kind of led him up to that point and God called him very specifically to do that thing. So um, at the same time, I don't want to say that I think Moses was completely unqualified. Like he had, he had knowledge of who the Egyptians were and how they functioned. He spoke the language. Like there's a lot of things that, that I think are probably overlooked because we want to focus on uh, Moses being a stutterer, yeah. um, which she probably was. I, I say as I <laughs> have a Freudian <laughs> slip and, and stutter, uh, as he probably was. And, you know, that, that isn't something we should overlook either. But uh, anyway, that's my side note on Moses. But the question here really is how can your brokenness, how can the pain you have experienced in your own story help you serve others mm. and love God more, right? Um, th- there's kind of the... Maybe it's a cliche at this point, but it's like the the people who can experience the greatest joys have also experienced the deepest valleys. Does that make sense? Does that ring a yeah. bell at all? Probably butchering yeah. how people usually say it, but um, I think that's true. So as far as it comes to like enjoying God more, I think the more pain you've gone through, if you if you work through that, if you push through that, and if you come out the other side of it you more deeply understand God's mercy and grace and love 
because he he went further for you if that makes sense like yeah. it, you you, uh, you were forgiven the debt of 50,000 not just 5,000 yeah uh and so like Jesus' parable he's like hey who do you think who do you think loved him more and it's like oh the guy with the bigger debt uh yeah that that's probably the case um and then you know as it pertains to serving other people when we have overlap in our pain and other people's pain we have some experience that actually could maybe be more helpful to them than than just any other joe uh on the yeah. street well man i i mean i think about the people in my life who i i consider wise or like that just seem to always have this wisdom to share me uh genu- <laughs> genuine wisdom and those are yeah. usually the people that have experienced that have experienced yeah. those those valleys of brokenness mm-hmm. um but have also experienced the good and so you can tell the difference when when you're getting wisdom from someone who's had the the rough experiences mm-hmm. and someone trying to share things who have only had those like mountaintop things like when you get in the valley that they can't help you right they can only speak from what mm-hmm. what good they've experienced um yeah it's like the guy who like listens to a lot of business stuff but has never actually done it it's like he yeah. may try to give you business advice but at the end of the day even if there's a helpful thing or two in there like he doesn't really know yeah he, he just knows in theory what it's like to do those things he doesn't know it, like in reality how difficult that might be or whether or not that thing that sounds really good on paper actually will work in this scenario. Uh, maybe that's an experience people. <laughs> I, I've certainly <laughs> experienced that a couple of times. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, that, that you don't make a bad point, but also like, I'm not sure that, that you have the experience to really back it up. And so, yeah, there's a, a different level in which I'm going to, trust or or take that advice or the effectiveness of how how that interaction is going to go so let's take a second to talk about dwell because well one they're sponsoring us but two yeah it has been contractually obligated (laughs) but we actually also really really like it and believe in it and want to promote it yeah so last week we talked about some of the features of dwell and i just wanted to kind of dive into one and we can revisit the others after but there is uh, the ICB translation, the International Children's Bible translation okay. in Dwell, which mm-hmm. I had actually not heard of before uh, using Dwell. Yeah. And we were in the car the other day. I said kid earlier, and I realized why. It was because it was just me and Millie at the time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we were in the car together, and I, I put it on and I was like, you know what, let's let's do the International Children's Bible and see how it goes over. Because sometimes when I'm doing the adult voices, Millie will be like, can we put music on? Can we do this? <laughs> yeah. And so I, I put it on and we did an entire trip uh, to, to school to pick up Lincoln and she just listened, which was amazing. That's cool. Uh, but let me tell you that here's some cool facts I learned about it. OK, so first. It is translated at a third grade reading level. So it's good for adults and kids (laughs) if you struggle. Yeah. Uh, But it's easier to to study, to understand, and and ultimately to to memorize uh, when it's in an earlier form like that. Mm -hmm. It's also in dwell recorded by children all over the world. 
So it's not an adult oh, voice. Awesome. It's kids' voices, multiple kids' voices all across the world. Yeah, that's um, really cool. And it, yeah, it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And so how they have the whole Bible. They have the whole New Testament, right? They have the they have the New Testament set up right now, uh, in the works about Old Testament. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to check that out with my kids. Uh, it's it's. I think that's a really unique thing that Dwell offers that not all these other you know audio Bible sources offer. Um, and Dwell's really cool in that they do their own recordings. They have a bunch of different mm-hmm. voices. Um, they have the kids one like you just mentioned, but they have a bunch of adult voices. Uh, male, female, from different parts of the world, uh, in different tr- a bunch of different translations of the Bible. They're all very interesting. I, I talked last week about how I sometimes change who I'm listening to based on my mood or exactly how I want to yeah. listen to it, if it's just reflective or if I'm actually trying to to just like get a bunch of story in. Uh, so I think it's a super helpful tool. You can mix music, all that stuff. We really love Dwell, and we're excited that we can pass that along to you because if you go to dwellapp.io slash Bible and stuff, you can get 10% off a yearly subscription to Dwell, or you can get 30% off the Dwell for Life plan. So you pay once and you you have it forever. You never have to pay again. 30% off of that means you're going to save 60 bucks. So again, make sure to visit dwellapp.io slash Bible and stuff and commit to reading scripture and hearing scripture and being surrounded by it uh, whenever you have the opportunity. So having covered this, you know, idea of you and uniquely and kind of giving you a few tools to start to start jumping into that. Now let's talk about the other two categories, which I mentioned, which are uh, place and time, right? Or or context and era, whatever words you want to give that. That's the thing. There's you, but you're also in a specific place in a specific time. And I, I love that we're talking about this because this isn't something that you just you don't think about this yeah, <laughs> on your own, right? Yeah. I was uh, I was really taken aback when you uh, I think you were quoting Chandler when I probably you were, was. Yeah. You were saying that the day you were made for the day and the day was made for you. Yeah. And I think this kind of fits that context here. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could take credit for that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Maybe Chandler won't notice if I just start <laughs> I just start throwing it out there and forget to, to say his name. So let's talk about these. I think we ha- we have um, a couple of tools, kind of like we did for um, you, that might also apply to place and time. So for place, you can think about these big questions of like what people and places were influential in shaping you right? Like, I, I see this, you know, we've been in the church planning world, so I see that a lot with church planners. A lot of guys are like, I grew up here, then I went off and do that, and I actually really have a heart to go back to that, because I've gotten other experience outside of it, so I can now see the flaws more clearly, but I also love that place, and I love mm-hmm. those people, and so I feel called to go and try to to help be part of the solution, and obviously bring the gospel, which is the solution. Yeah. Um so I think that's one you can think about. The other is what people and places describe where you are presently. So maybe you're not necessarily a person who um, wants to go back to where they're from, or you just, for some circumstance, have to be in the place you are right now. I think a lot of times we get frustrated, and maybe like if we feel stuck, if we feel like we're we're here what we don't want to be, we're kind of only looking forward to when we can finally leave and not Mm -hmm. thinking like, okay, 
why does God, God have me here right now? What is it around me um, that I can speak into, that I can push into? So I think that's a, a helpful shift. And the third one is what people and places are you being called to serve? Is there something you have a particular heart for? Like my uh, <laughs> this, like my wife is uh, a labor and delivery nurse. She's just always wanted to be one. She just loves moms and loves babies. That's part of how God made her. I don't know that she'll always be in bedside nursing, but that piece of her will always exist, and she'll she'll find an yeah. outlet for it some way, shape, or form. Uh, my mom's a similar example. Like she just loves teaching high school chemistry. Like that's what she does. She's really stinking good at it. Um, and it obviously, yeah, if you've had teachers that like what they do, it makes a big difference. <laughs> like yeah. it makes them a lot better at what they do. Um, and so I don't know if she would use that language, but I think she feels particularly called to do that thing and to serve that age group. I've tried to talk her in a million times to go, like go move up into college or something <laughs> uh, and make a little more money, but she doesn't. She just, she loves the kids that she gets to serve. She loves doing what she gets to do. Um, and so I think that's something you can, you can begin to ponder of like, okay, is there something I'm specifically feel drawn to? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think I can speak for myself and I think you, when it comes to music, um, I mean, when, before I even met you, uh, music was always a big part of my life, right? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd play at church. I'd, I was in bands. I was in orchestra. And then moving out to Phoenix, didn't have any plans to, to join the worship team or become a worship leader. But literally within weeks of joining the church, it was like, yeah. hey, you know what? I'm, I'll play guitar. Like I, I feel called to do that in this place. And then moving out, it's just that that is a constant yeah. uh, is what I would say. Um, no matter what place I have been in or in currently in that's mm-hmm. that's a constant yeah I, and I think you know going back to you uh the you part of these this these three uh things you place and time there are things that you are going to do no matter where you are mm-hmm. um but then there are also things that you may do in one place that you never really would have seen yourself doing in another and so I think that's a, a cool dichotomy and, it, and it's just proves the point of how these all these three things kind of have to work together to yeah. to lend themselves to okay what's my purpose right now uh, and what am I supposed to be doing? So what do you, I am curious about time though? How does this fit into this section here? Yeah, so time is separate in place in that we're in a particular time in the world, right? Like I see there are things that are going on now that weren't going on a hundred years ago. There are cultural conversations that are happening now that didn't used to be a thing. So we're, we're a product of the time, but then we also can speak very specifically into our time, right? So mm. I live in Denton, Texas. Now, if I lived in Denton, Texas a hundred years ago, there'd be a lot of things that are different about, uh, what I should do or where I might best fit. Um, than than they are right now. So uh, I think a good way to start is to maybe think globally or nationally, like, okay, what are the big things that affect how people think and act and all that stuff today? 
Um, we talked in the first episode about how the identity is a huge thing right now, and people want to define themselves based on what kind of groups they want to uh, align with. And uh, that, so that's one thing that I think is, is in some ways unique to our time. Um, I'm sure there's, there are ways in which it's been done forever and ever, but there are specific uh, flares to it right now. Yeah. I think there's other big things uh, like technology has completely changed the way we do almost everything. Uh, and that's different than even 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. So we have to take that into account as we think about things. We've, we've been through a pandemic, which hasn't happened for a long time. And yeah. <laughs> so that that shapes a lot of things we do right now. Um, but there's also big issues, right? There's big things on people's mind. Like as a Christian, something I think about all the time and, and try to figure out how I, I can best speak into this area is the the issue of abortion. Like it's it's really permeant <laughs> and i think uh ultimately like if, if you're a christian and you believe it's murder like you you think that's horrible like, and you want to figure out how to be part of the solution you want to figure out how to avoid that as much as possible and so like that's something that at this particular time in american history is different than it has ever been and so therefore you have to take that into account when you're thinking about what what my purpose is what is unique to the time that I am currently in. Gotcha. Yeah. I, yeah. Hearing you say all that, I guess I, I can see, I mean, for us specifically, like on demand audio of two guys talking about the Bible was not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Even 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's interesting to think about the way that we have been placed in this specific time period and how that affects who we are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we would both, we feel some level of calling in what we're doing here, but if we, if we had thought that that was also true and we lived 40 years ago, like it would be pretty difficult. I I don't know. We'd be like putting out cassettes or something. Right. Uh, So it would look a lot different, even if it, we'd make millions on the idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I think what this naturally leads us to, is how like what (laughs) Mm. how do i actually start to identify these things i i've met a lot of people our age maybe even a little younger who feel like i'm old enough now i should have this figured out but i i definitely don't have this figured out and so i want to as best we can maybe throw out a couple things that are practical that actually help you start on this process so what advice would you have, Glenn, for someone who's getting started in this process and wants to understand themselves better and who God's called them and made them to be? Yeah, I mean, I would start by even just asking yourself some of the questions that we were asking on the show today. Yeah. Um, you know, like, where's your passion? Um, what are you good at? What what in your life has, has formed you, you know, through pain? Um, mm-hmm. what, what has formed you into who you are? And what is currently available to you? Uh, what things are a part of the place that you are in and the time that you're experiencing? So those are basic things to think about. Yeah. Uh, but I think something else you hit on earlier that's really important is the idea of community, mm-hmm. right? Um, also having people speaking truths into your life um, so that you're not, you're not figuring it out um, on your own. You're not taking what God has provided to you and being the only one deciphering what it all means. 
Um, I think that has been huge for me, having people in my life saying, you know, even answering those questions for me without me asking, like telling me what I'm good at, um, what they see in me. Um, Yeah. Definitely helpful. I that's something I did when I started this process a couple of years ago, really, was I sat down with the people who I felt like knew me the best and that I was closest to and was like, okay, how do you experience me? Like, what are the the good things you see in me? What are maybe some of the not so great things you see in me that I need to work on? Uh, That's worth its weight in gold, especially if you have particularly insightful friends um, that you've worked closely with. I think they can speak a lot into that. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in our bonus episode that's going to go on Patreon. Oh, by the way, we'll talk about Patreon in a minute. But there are some, there are like assessments and things like that. There are some practical things that you can do that are helpful. I I think the Enneagram has been somewhat helpful for me. Uh, I don't see it as the end all be all. I don't like live, breathe and diet, but it's been a good framework for me to start like, oh, yeah, I see how I, I see how I fit here. Um, and I see, I see what that says about me. It's when you start to read things and go, oh, that's true about me. (laughs) You start to discover things that have always been true about you. You just didn't know it because you hadn't, you hadn't had language for it. You hadn't been able to put it in to words. Well, and this, I don't know that this is necessarily advice per se. Um, but also don't, don't be discouraged. So I was pretty confident I knew what I wanted to do with my life mm-hmm. uh, graduating high school and going through college I my goal was to be a teacher that's mm-hmm. what I was called to do um, and that's not what I'm doing now but I looking back I think there are huge portions of being a teacher that play into the things that I do now yeah communication the way I talk with people teaching and leading all of those things are part of what I'm doing uh, in the places that I'm in now too. So don't be discouraged if you have this big dream, you think you've got it all figured out and then it changes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'd be my encouragement is it takes time, right? I said this earlier, but like God is a lot more patient than we are. And so uh, we tend to want to rush the process, but you can't, you, you can't fast track it. You have to, be patient. You have to take it one step at a time. So uh, uh, the advice that I'll probably say multiple times throughout the series is just do something. Just start doing something. Like even if you don't have all these answers figured out, just start going in a direction and then make adjustments on the way, right? Don't, yeah. um, don't like lock up so much that you do nothing because it's through the experiences that we learn. It's through difficulties that we learn. And ultimately it's through messing stuff up, like doing this and being like, uh, you know what? Maybe I'm not that gifted at, at this as I thought I was. Uh, and so at least you're armed then with more knowledge about yourself, more knowledge about God and more knowledge about the world around you that you can then take and put to good use. Um, the other thing I would say just as a caution is, Make sure you don't try to shortcut it in the sense of, yes, it's going to take time. But I think sometimes people think well, it's easier to just look at this person I admire and just copy paste. Like just put everything they do on me. The problem is that mm-hmm. like they're different than you. Like I remember uh, at one point, like 
hearing that Al, Al Mohler reads like a book a day. And I was like, that's not gonna happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> I there was a part of me that's like, I want to do that. Like, there's a part of me that feels like I need to get to that level. But the more I've gotten, it's like I'm not that guy. Uh, first of all, I'm not sure Al Mohler's even that guy. Like, I'm not sure that's a real thing. That's just something that was like commonly said about him and about other people. Uh, it's like folklore <laughs> or something. Yeah. But I think sometimes we want to say like, well, this person's a very serious person their faith who i respect and admire so i need to be really serious and i need to like that's not me either like i i like to joke around i like to have fun i i like to cover all this stuff but hopefully not in a in a boring way uh and it would be very limiting for me to have to only you know be, i would just not be good at it i'd be really yeah. bad at it um and yeah i would be a poor version of whoever that other person is you know, I, I, I just realized as you were talking through that, I think I need to not retract, but <laughs> think over what I was saying about the teaching thing. Okay. Because that, we talked about this last week. That was, well, what I wanted to do. But yeah. that that's not my identity. That's not who I am. Yeah. Uh, so I think kind of leaning into that idea of like, what were the characteristics of being a teacher that... I see playing out now. Yeah. I think those are the things that are like, this is who I am. Um, and yeah. not, and what it's not, I do. you're right. It's not like, Hey, figure out what you need to do so that that can be your entire identity. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's yeah. figure out who God has made you to be. And then applying that to whatever it is you're doing. And that may lend itself to a particular set of things that you should probably look into, but it may, uh, you may, again, also be in a position that you wouldn't have really put yourself in, but it's where you are and you make the best of it and you apply yourself uh, to the glory of God. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, So, again, I, do, I think it's easy to, like, take a turn in this process somewhere where it becomes about me or it becomes you just shift your identity to something else that still isn't God and still isn't, still isn't uh, Jesus and that's yeah. not helpful. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. It's not like it's not like our general identity disappears when we figure out what our specific yeah. identity is. They play into each other. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll talk about that more as we go on in the series. Um, the thing that so Chandler had something and he again, he did a similar series. Um, and so I've got a couple gleanings from him that'll that'll pop up throughout throughout this uh, this series of episodes. But he said if it's true that you have been uniquely wired and uniquely placed, I just realized that the title is in this quote, uh, then self-hate comparison and coveting are accusations against God, not just thoughts in your head. Hmm. So if you're like me and you're the type of person who beats yourself up a lot <laughs> and, and feels like, um, the, like you're frustrated with yourself or I'm not as good at that person. I need to be more like that. Or you covet things other people have because you know, you desire them and you haven't quite figured it out yet. Um, or that's just not what God has for you. At the end of the day, those aren't just like, Oh, that's a, you know, it's a bad thought. I should clear and be more of a good vibes kind of person. That's actually saying, Hey God, you got this wrong. You said yeah, I'm supposed to be this yeah, person. I do not agree. I think uh, I, I should be more like like Glenn, or I should be more like Matt Chandler, or whatever. That's just not true, um, and it's it's actually a, a level of disobedience to to God. 
Well, we've said in the in the last episode, I think, and, and we've kind of hinted at it this whole time, being most faithful is living into who God has made you to be. And so whenever we deny any part of that or despise any part of that, uh, it's actually unfaithfulness. And it's, it's an accusation against God that we need to root out. That's the sinful part where we have to just, mm. we have to cast that stuff out as best we can. That's good. Yeah. I, I love that quote. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It yeah, is it's helpful like, to it's think. It's almost like he likes, is a good speaker or like yeah. says things, you know, it's almost as if, uh, Chandler knows what he's talking about sometimes. So yeah. And then this goes back to the Dallas Willard quote. It was like who Jesus discipleship is a process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. It's still about Jesus, right? Again, I don't, I don't, can't overemphasize that. It's still about getting more of Christ through the process of better understanding who God's made you to be. Um, but it's Jesus in your body, in your time, in your place. And that's living into the most Christ-like uh, that we can be. That's living into that purpose is that uh, is the process of discipleship and bro- growing to be more like Jesus. Yeah. I love it, man. Uh, I, it feels like I am just going through my own journey each week as we talk about this stuff, figuring things out, uh, which is good. I, I want it to be applicable to us and our listeners all at the same time. Yeah. Um, so to wrap up, we, I hinted at Patreon. I meant to talk about this earlier in the episode. It's fine. If you stuck around this long enough, you'll be the first to know. Um, which is previously you may have heard us do some tip jar spots in the middle of episodes. Uh, and we appreciate everyone who has supported us that way. It has been helpful to cover costs and things like that, but we wanted to shift into a slightly different way of doing that. It's the same idea for us. We just want to cover our costs. We just want to be able to produce more resources, which some of which are podcasts like this, but some of which are going to be physical studies and books and things like that, that you can use. Um, and so the, the way to do that now is going to be through our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash Bible and stuff. We we're starting out simple with one tier. It's five bucks a month for that five bucks a month. You're going to get uh, a bonus episode pretty much every week. There may be some uh, interview weeks or something that we miss, but for the most part, you're going to get an extra 15 minutes or so of podcasts. And those have actually been really, really fun to do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe more so uh, than, than the full episodes because we get to cut loose a little bit. So if you're interested in that, check that out. You also are going to get a 10% discount on merch. And if you've been a patron for a couple of weeks, then we're going to send you a sticker. And then we'll hop in there from time to time to to chat or ask a question or respond to things you guys have to say. So we're kind of building a, the beginnings of a little community over there. Something about podcasting uh, that I don't like is that it's a lot of us talking and not a lot of getting to hear from you and, and getting to know what you think or, or how this stuff hits. And so we want to make that a place where, where we can begin to have those more of a conversation than just the monologue that, that Tanner does every week. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, patreon.com slash Bible and stuff, five bucks a month. Hopefully that's not, uh, that's not too, you know, taxing and it would be a big help to us if we could get, you know, a number of people to, to sign on for that and help us keep this thing going and, and moving forward. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did. Check back in next week. We have a special guest coming on the show uh, and the weeks to follow. We'll be continuing our series. And it's kind of awesome. I, the guests that we've had 
recently prior to the series and during the series all kind of are in the same vein yeah. so definitely worth listening to uh it's not going to be out in left field by any means yeah uh so yeah check it out awesome talk to you guys soon peace the bible and stuff podcast is a production of bible and stuff we do more than just podcasts so if you want to know more about something we've covered on the show just visit our website at bibleandstuff.com our show is hosted by tanner Britt and glenn brand and our theme music is by the sing team Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.